we all do business for a reason. We all get into a hustle or side hustle for a reason, whether you're not to five employee, you're pivoting, or you're growing a team from 1 million to 5 million to $10 million. And that in itself is that effort that you're seeking for. So we want to put it into people's minds that they can have success in the way they perceive, not in the ceiling that we've kept for them. So when you define your why, that is when we can help people to succeed even more easily. Because when you first have your why, then you get your how. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. Janicia Aloro is former Miss Singapore and Southeast Asia Woman of Excellence. She's the founder of Soul Rich Woman, the number one female entrepreneur network in Southeast Asia that connects more than 200 women across seven countries. She's received International Progressive Woman Award, the Iconic Influence Award, just to name a few. She's helping people take their business from offline to online, get recognition, and build a brand as a leader and a business owner. She's really making this huge positive impact in the world. And she's joining us here today to talk about that, but also her personal growth, what it was like working at 14 when you're really too young for people to take you seriously or really listen to you. Maybe it was her mother telling her to turn her mess into a message, but honestly, her story is one of reinvention. Her path from being bullied in school, which she's going to tell us about, and eventually to winning Miss Singapore, not having a lot of money to a public buyout and also running a multi-million dollar company. A lot of reinvention. Let's get into it. Fascinating background. I would love to dig into your background a little bit and kind of get an idea, Janisha, of how you got to the way that you were raised and your family situation, and then how you transitioned into the business world and became ultimately a very successful entrepreneur, someone who has encouraged many, many people, many, many women along the way to, to follow these kinds of pursuits. I mean, you're kind of leading the pack in a lot of different areas. I'd love if you could speak about kind of how you got from there to here today. Okay. So basically I will say that my family are not entrepreneurs. So I'm not born to a family of entrepreneurs. Having to work from 14 years old at a very young age to support myself through school, to put food on the table, to pay for my tuition fees as an instructor. Actually, I received my certification as an instructor because my mom pawned her gold to send me for yoga, aerobics, and country line dancing certification. So during school days, after school, I would need to go off and work, right? And that entire journey has made me more resilient in being who I am. And when school gets really busy, my first taste of entrepreneurship was when I asked myself, how can I make more within an hour? Because exams are around the corner. I, I can't be teaching six, seven days a week, running classes and, and stuff like that. And so amazingly, I somehow got the idea that could I supply instructors? Can I supply models to event companies? And even though it was not 
I, I need, don't need not to start a, a business, a legit entity, but I could have like a pool of contacts that if you need anything, I could supply them to you. So that helped me to earn more within an hour by drawing a small commission to every instructor I put out there. And that means there could be 30 instructors or trainers or models out there working at the same time while I'm at school. So that was my very first taste of entrepreneurship. And I remember the taste, right? And even though it was not on the front end, I mean, it eventually came about. But you see, under it all, I was often being bullied in school because I was not well-to-do. And the mean girls would pick on me consistently by, for example, they will throw my bag across the floor, hide my books. And there will be days that they will corner me in one corner and, and pull open my shirt and exposing my bra because I wear the same bra because I don't have a lot of money to buy different bras. And that moment, I just felt totally humiliated because they would ask me, oh, you're wearing the same bra? It's like the stepsisters talking to Cinderella. It's like, okay, you, you know, doing that. And, and that really caught me. And I almost wanted to commit suicide and give up my life. So my mom has been a key anchor in this. She told me, Turn your mess into your message. And I'm like, what? I mean, of course, when I'm young, I'm like, okay, mama, you know, what, what are you trying to tell me? I mean, but it struck a chord within me. And the fact is, when I was really young and I was teaching classes, there were adults who said that, hey, you're too young, you're 16, you're 14, you, you're not worthy to teach me. Who are you to teach me something about exercise, about transforming our life, you know. And, and that also took, I took it into my heart. And my mom's message of turn your mess into the message was the one that got me through. So as we moved forward, my friends encouraged me to join Miss Singapore. And I never had the chance to ever dream about makeup, grooming department, because that has never been up my alley. No, I was never given the opportunity to go to finishing school or be taught etiquette in the way that I would say professionals or people who know how to do it through their family members, how to do it. So I had no role models to look up to, nobody to look up to. And at that point, I said, okay, why don't we do something about it? So I went to knock on doors and ask for sponsorship, even though I had not won the title yet, even though I was a nobody, I just with grit and my mom's words ringing in my mind, turn your mess into your message. And that kept me going. Eventually, I found this lady who agreed to sponsor me with all the DVDs, CDs, books and everything to helped me to get started on how to present myself, how do you speak well, and how do you do deportment and grooming. And it was so beautiful. She then took my wallet. She asked me, Janisha, pass me your wallet. I said, okay. I just passed her my wallet. And she opened up the wallet, unzipped it, and pour all my money out. And then zip back the wallet and then hand the wallet back to me. And I'm like, Rebecca, so her name is Rebecca. Why do you take my money? I mean, that's all I have left for the entire month. And she said, well, Janisha, whatever I sponsored you is worth thousands and thousands of dollars. And I want to teach you the concept of value exchange. And I was stumped. 
because I never really understood what was that. But deep in my heart, I'm like, okay, for thousands and thousands of dollars, you take $60 from me. Okay, fine. <laughs> I will just work at it and then really work hard. Studied their notes, practice, and put it into effort. Eventually, I won Miss Singapore Universe in 2006 run-up. And then winning again another title, Miss Singapore International, and then representing Singapore. So it was a dream come true. I worked my ass off. I was not born with a silver spoon. I never had 10 pairs of shoes or 10 pairs of heels. It was within my budget, whatever I had, and I play all out. So that has built me as a foundation, as an entrepreneur to what I am today. Moving from offline to online, from being an image consultant to working nine to five as an occupational therapist, I was I went through SARS and that was the reason why I eventually quit my job because in front of me, people died. And to me, what is my life? What is the dream worth? And that was why I moved on to become an image consultant. But then here's the thing. I was trading time for money. I work, I get paid. I work, I get paid. I don't work, I don't get paid. So the desire to move online grew within me. And in 2013, I went online. And within a three months, I made $100,000. And within a single year, I crossed my first million dollars. I've never thought that making money was easy when it comes to being online. And that literally opened my eyes. And it was also during the same time, interesting enough, I was being invited to invest in a cafe retail chain that started from zero with four other partners where I was in charge in PR and marketing. And we grew to three countries, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and we had 18 franchisees and licensees. And after four years, we exited to a public listed company owner. So all these, like I said, it was not because I knew how to do business because I was an occupational therapist. I'm in the healthcare industry. I'm a healthcare professional. How would I know what is business? I had gone online because I had a mentor. I find a mentor, invested in myself to shortcut my success. Yeah. To move. Yeah, to go from point A to point B faster. Sure. So I've got to start. There's a couple of questions I've just got to ask. And that is a fascinating story. And there's so many questions I want to ask. But let, let me just ask you this. One, where did your mom get the idea of turn your mess into a message? So I, I, I'm familiar with that concept. Where do you think that came from? Is it something that she was inspired by? Did she read it in a book? Where did that evolve from? My mom had a very difficult childhood as well. They had 13 brothers and sisters. Being one of the older siblings, she had to quit school at a very young age to work and support as the entire family of 13 siblings. So having come from that path, I believe that she made it to a point where she had some, I would say, hidden assets where she could pawn them and still get me to have my education as an instructor, I believe that she has really come a long way. So I think in that journey, she has saved up. That to me is turning your mess into your message, not defined by your mental or social circumstances, but by your own choice of destiny. How do you want to maneuver in your life to go to the next level? Because the choice is yours. Yeah, it really is. It's And that's a piece so many people forget is 
they're waiting for a certain set of circumstances. The circumstance doesn't make you. The choice is yours. Not to say that unfortunate things don't happen. They certainly do. But what we do about those unfortunate things is really up to us. One of the other things I wanted to ask about When I imagine this version of you in high school and I imagine the mean girls and I imagine them bullying you, how do you go from that to Miss Universe Singapore? I'm like, how do you go from that point? And not so much the mechanics of I went out and got a sponsor and stuff, but what did you have to tell yourself? What kind of things did you have to overcome to go from I'm the gal that doesn't have all the nice clothes and is get bullied in school to now I'm the woman that's up on stage getting uh, awards. A support group is very important. I'm glad I still had a few friends. Like literally it was not about the quantity of friends anymore. I had like two best friends whom enrolled me for the Miss Singapore pageant, whom encouraged me to take the step forward, whom saw the potential in me, which I never saw at all because I had very low self-esteem. I was constantly being bullied in school. I had this very bad experience and I don't think I am suitable for anything that is glamorous or beautiful. So that support system really counts and really add up to what it is today. And that is why my calling, which is soul rich woman, which is the soul rich part, soul being aligned. What are you aligned with at this moment? When your soul is aligned, your purpose is called, you can be rich both in your internal self and external self. And with Build Up Soul Rich Woman to be a community, it's because of the community that we want to support other women. Because success is never about glorious wins. It's about taking a step back and allowing other people to shine as well. Alone, you are strong, but together we are unstoppable. Yeah. How much of that experience that you had when you were younger with the mean girls, how much do you think that influenced the work that you're doing now with the soul rich women and and elevating others? Definitely, it forms a part of it. I would not say all of it. It definitely formed the experience and a basis of a certain culture I would like to set. For example, here in Soul Rich Woman, we talk about play win-win and not win-lose. Right? Number two is no gossiping. Of course, I mean, they are bound to be, but we just want to reduce that part. So we always put out there no gossiping. Number three, we want uh, people to have no judgment because sometimes people say, oh, I can't make it for the meeting or I, I can't join the, the event. Does it mean the person is bad? It's not. It's because that they have might have something. You've not walked them out in other people's shoes. Don't judge other people. So these are the few things we wanted to focus on and build on. But most importantly is the F word. For women who love the F word, how do you translate the F word in your life, whether you're a man or a woman, right? For example, being fabulous, having freedom, financial independence, and a happy family. We all do business for a reason. We all get into a hustle or side hustle for a reason, whether you're a 9 to 5 employee, you're pivoting, or you're growing a team from $1 million to $5 million to $10 million. And that in itself is that F word that you're seeking for. So we want to put it into people's minds that they can have success in the way they perceive, not in the ceiling that we've kept for them. So when you define your why, that is when we can help people to succeed even more easily. Because when you first have your why, then you get your how. Because even if you have your how, you're not motivated. You could be losing your momentum. And that is why we are using and building so rich women to move people in that direction. 
Yeah. We always say here on the Pivot Me podcast that if you have a big enough juicy why, like a really big why, the how becomes minuscule. It's not as important because once you dial into the why, the how sort of presents itself. It works itself out. But first you got to start with the why. I love that concept. One of the questions we ask is about a time in our lives or a business where everything changed. We call them pivot points. And I heard several in your story just now, but one of the things that really stuck out is you said you lived through SARS. So was that the catalyst for you going out of the healthcare industry? Is that when you said, hey, is this really what I want to spend the rest of my days doing? And you made a change? Yeah, definitely. It made an impact in my life. I asked myself, are there other ways to help people? And that was why I decided to exit the healthcare industry, even though I, I graduated in it. And, you know, but the having to come in close contact and close brush when I was working in the hospital, it is really terrifying when you need to put on the entire suit and the mask and, and you literally sweat in buckets when you are in it for the entire day at the hospital. So even as therapist, I mean, I salute the nurses and the doctors, but for me personally, I just think that, okay, I think there must be something else that I can do and I want to transform my own life as well. Yeah. Was that received well? I mean, you went to college, you went to university for this, you've done all this training to be in this field and then you go, yeah, I'm going to do something different. Did that same support network around you support that decision or did you kind of have to go against the grain? Definitely go against the grain because my family were not entrepreneurs. And in Asian culture, we are told to get married early, to have many kids early, find a husband early, you know, everything as early as possible because you are fulfilling a duty as an Asian woman to be responsible, also, also called filial to the family lineage. So... I mean, that culture and the mindset, even my dad, he keeps telling me that go find a job, we'll get a proper job, even though I was on my entrepreneurship journey because entrepreneurship is up and down, right? I mean, your salary and the paycheck is not month to month. It's sometimes you get a dollar, sometimes you get a hundred, sometimes you get 10,000 or a hundred thousand. It depends on what you do with your business and what you do with your life and how you build up systems and processes. So I'm glad that today we have a big team. We have a team of 28 uh, remote employees and we here in Storage Women, we are definitely growing. And that resistance has not deterred me to be where I am today. In fact, it's given me more fuel to show my parents, hey, I've done it. You know, this is something, it's cool. Yeah, so now they have pretty much accepted me for who I am after much years moving forward. Yes. It's funny because one of the things I've talked about here is turn your excuse into a reason. So you can use the excuse of, well, my parents expect me to do this, or Asian culture expects me to do this, or I went to college, so I should do this. That could be an excuse, or it could be a reason. Like I'm going to, sometimes it's, I'm going to prove someone wrong. Sometimes it's just, I want to show people what's possible. Going from, you said in three months, it's 100K, probably more than what you're making as an occupational therapist. And one year you're a million. I mean, what was that like for you? Did that far exceed your expectations? Were you kind of like, pinch me, I can't believe that's happening? I mean, that's a pretty big jump pretty quick. I, I really couldn't believe it. I was holding the check and holding the payments. I'm like, oh, you mean it's possible to, because we, we do high ticket sales. So we do high ticket programs and 18,000 triple eight, 28,000 triple eight. And there's like, oh my God, you mean it's possible people are willing to pay for that? And only with such, I would say 
your belief really has to come before you. And what you think in your mind sometimes are just limitations of our experience. And that is why a mentor is super important to set that bar for you or set that vision for you so that it is possible for you to move towards that goal. So that impossible turn possible was because I invested in mentoring. And if I had not taken the path, I think my progress would have been much slower. <laughs> Probably take me another two years. For sure. Yeah, the mentoring and the coaching is really, it's its so huge. I completely agree. And they really do show you what's possible. They shortcut success and they bust out our limiting beliefs, right? I mean, we have limiting beliefs from the way we were raised or the things we saw in society or the things we saw on TV. And having that kind of coaching or mentoring is just so critical to putting that all aside. I just keep thinking, man, that's such a big jump. So now you run your business virtually, right? So is all your staff virtual? We have a Singapore office, but majority, the 28 of them are virtual. <laughs> yeah. Is, was that an adjustment for you as well, managing an online business? I mean, that's, again, that's quite a bit different from what you were originally trained for. There must have been quite a big learning curve. Definitely. I think the first thing was when I moved online from 100K to 1 million, I didn't do it on my own. I had a manager, I had part-time staff, full-time staff in my own team to help me to do all the things that you needed to do to get the online thing going back in 2013. And then when I invested and started the cafe retail chain with four other partners, we came together. And that in itself, we had employees, hundreds and hundreds of employees in uh, three countries, right? Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia. So that in itself taught me and ingrained in me that really when you want to do a business, you can have a choice to be a solopreneur. But even if you're a solopreneur, you can have a team. Or if you're taking your business to the first 1 million, the 10 million, like I said, uh, whatever million you want to make, then that won't be able to do it on your own. You definitely need a team to do it for you because you only have a 24 hours. You can't be working seven days a week. There must be days that you are working on top of your business. And there are days that where you need to fill your cup so that your cup consistently is overflowing and that you don't become the choke point of your business. Be busy with the business or be busy with busyness. Be in your business or be on top of the business. That is what you need to ask yourself. Everything demands your attention right now. You want to be on your A-game, but you need two of you just to manage your day. But what if I could multiply you? What if I told you there are secrets that top performers are using right now to still get ahead? There are, and I'll give them to you. In my new Four Steps videos, I'll show you how to master distraction, practice prioritization, get the right things done without working more hours. And for now, I'm doing it for free. Your time is priceless right now and you need to take back control of your day and your to-do list. Go to pivot-me.com backslash four steps and you can begin the videos within seconds. We all need more time right now and four steps will give it to you. Yes, you can multiply yourself and I'll show you how to do it in four steps. So you've had remarkable success in a very quick amount of time. 
If you could boil it down to two or three things that really got you there, what would you say? Okay. When I look at, I went from zero to a million in a year in my very first year of business, what were kind of the two or three things that really made that happen? Number one, ask for help. I think this is something that is not easy for a lot of people, especially in our culture, right? When we ask for help equals to you look weak, you look vulnerable, you are not good enough. But to me, well, what's the worst can happen? People say no to you. People say uh, reject you and, and move on, right? So asking for help was something that I think I did well and I learned. The other thing is really investing in yourself. I think that is key as well. Lastly, we'll be having a support group. You can call it a beta group or a mastermind group. That in itself will help you to go from where you are now to where you want to be faster. All of us have a blind spot. We don't know everything. Think about Johari's window, what we know, our incompetencies of what we don't know to what we know, and then moving across that four windows. So we want to move through that. And we are never alone uh, because when you look at the whole process of entrepreneurship, you want to be that, that role model as well to the people that you are leading. And we must continue to learn and to continue to grow. Yeah. How do you do that? I'm curious how you are the role model. Is it is it through your interactions with your team? Is it through the podcast? Is it through the groups you run? How do you do that? Being a role model, it comes in different forms. I think in a company, in an organization, you just think that if there's a team following you, and how are you behaving as a leader and presenting yourself and interacting with them? And then if you're a role model to the outside world, then how are you being consistent as well, being authentic so that whether you're treating your staff or employee versus you are treating outwards to the world, are you the same person? Because there are people who are not consistent and there are people who are consistent. I would say go for the consistent one so that the house is built on rocks and not built on sand. Absolutely. So when I think about you growing your business and, and what it looked like, so from zero to one million, that tends to take a certain set of skills, certain things that really make a difference. When you scaled it past one million, what changed? What did you need to do differently? Whether that's, you know, obviously you have to scale your staff, but what did you have to do to make sure that you successfully scaled past a million? Hire the best people and put them in the right place to help you to run the business. Number two, you really have to have a culture that really brings and leads the entire team so that they will move with you. Number three, you need to have process and system to really set it in place so that there is a structure to the growth and that allows for duplication. Number four, never ever be the choke point in your business just because you are the founder and that's your baby. Yes. So true. And we're so guilty of it, right? I always say that with my business clients. I'm like, if pretty much if the business is under 50 million, most likely it's the owner. That's the choke point. Almost all. I mean, there are sometimes we know this and we build systems around it, but definitely with the small to medium sized businesses, the owners become the choke point because they started it from scratch, right? That was their baby. And then they're like, well, I know how to do all the things and maybe I can do it better. Or maybe I could do it this way, or I have the relationships and that is a hard thing for business owners to give up the reins. You know, when they finally give it up to someone else, again, delegation is a, a transfer of trust. And sometimes owners, we hesitate in making that transfer of trust. And also you want your programs to be perfect. Like for example, we deliver digital programs, both self-study and online programs via Zoom. 
So there is a tendency when you are the developer of the program, you want everything to be perfect. You want your master trainer to be perfect. You want the trainer trainers to be perfect. And, and that impedes the growth, right? So you really need to manage quality and you know some reduced quality for the sake that everything can boil down to duplication. Look at why McDonald's is so successful. Why are they able to duplicate thousands of outlets around the world? And look at that because they make it easy for people to follow and that you know there is a way to maintain a standard and to make sure that things run smoothly in the systems and processes. That's a great example because wherever you go in the world, you know exactly what that hamburger is going to be like. You know exactly what their fries are going to be made because they've standardized the whole process and it makes it really easy to predict success because they have a proven blueprint. I also love what you said about we have to let go a little bit of the quality and, and we might even switch that for perfection. We've got to let that go a little bit and just celebrate the progress because the owner goes, well, I can jump in and I can make this a little bit better. I love when you said, I want, I wanted the trainers to be perfect. I wanted the trainers, trainers to be perfect. Ultimately, that's not how we make massive impact in this world if we're trying to do it perfectly. In fact, the McDonald's example comes through when you they go to different countries, slightly, there is a slight cultural tweak to it. And that, are you able to let go? Because if you go to a McDonald's in Japan, they don't have chili sauce. Different, yeah. They give you mustard. <laughs> and then if you go to Indonesia, they want rice in their menu. Or you go to Malaysia, you have rice in your menu versus in Singapore. So are you able to manage that? So having a run a cafe retail chain has taught me to be flexible and yet being able to hold true to what is the core of what we want to deliver to our audience and to our customers. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about your podcast. Explain... Uh to our audience, what the podcast is about and really what's the point of it. So, you know, I could tell you're very purpose-driven. What's the purpose of the podcast and what are you here to do? First and foremost, in Southeast Asia, podcasting is really new. Even though it's been around for 10 years, but you see hardly people talk about it. So I spotted the trend and I hopped onto it and literally translated all my video content to audio content and then improved and regulate from there. So my podcast, we have three podcast shows. Uh, the first one is the interview style. It's called For Women Who Love the F Word. Or if you were to search Soul Rich Woman, S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-E, A-N, Soul Rich Woman, in Spotify, in Apple, in Pandora, in Alexa, wherever you are searching on, you'll be able to find us. And easily all the podcasts will appear under the brand name Soul Rich Woman. So the first one is an interview style where I interview gurus and amazing entrepreneurs like Gary Vaynerchuk, Elena Cardone, Grant Cardone. We talk to Kim Kiyosaki. Even Cheryl Sandberg. So I was able to meet a man. That's all my favorites, Jenny. I just got well done. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it's always to be ready to share nuggets through the lens that we have over here. And that's interview style. And the other podcast is a micro podcast that's only five to 10 minutes where I share business tips and marketing tips from my experience to get people going 
is called Soul Y. So you can go check out S-O-U-L-W-H-Y.com, soulwhy.com. And that is a five to 10 minutes micro podcast that's on a daily basis. And last but not least, I have a podcast show that you can participate as well. You can submit a five minute recording about your story and remake it into a podcast episode. So this whole uh, podcast is called Make It Happen. Go from stuck to unstoppable without changing who you are, even if no one believe in you or stand by you. And that in itself, you can submit through an online platform and then our editors will edit the episode and we will launch. So this is to help to promote business owners, promote entrepreneurs, more individuals or leaders who have a story that they want to share through our platform to value add to their lives. Yeah. What a great idea. I love that idea and that audience participation too. That's such a good idea. So one of the things we talk about a lot here is um, success practices, the things that we do from a day-to-day basis or maybe even a week-to-week basis that either get us to the next level of success or help us maintain the success. What do you do either daily or weekly to continue to be successful, to get to that next level? I really need to talk to myself. I need to go for my long walks be with myself. I'm an introvert, even though I look like an extrovert. So I like a trained extrovert, but innately introvert. So let me define for you what is an introvert. When you have time on your own, you don't want to go out. You just want to spend time with your cats, with yourself and with your books and just being you, right? At peace with you. So that to me is a point of recharge and it's extremely precious to me. And uh, my long walks, because I live by the beach here in, in Singapore, uh, just five minutes walk to the beach and we, we go and we walk, I walk along the path. So that is important to get going. Yeah, that's so important. It, it, especially when we're business owners, you've got several podcasts. There's a lot of things that you do. You're managing staff. It's going to be very easy to go be on the go constantly, constantly moving. And that time, I love how you said it. I have to talk to myself. That was such a good way of uh, describing it. We really do need that time just to reset. Introvert or not, we need that time to just sort of reset and stop doing and do a little reflecting. In fact, the way I cope with it as well is do batching. So I love batching so much. Even for my podcast, it's batched one year ahead. I will spend some time, allocated time to interview people and then I will batch out my podcast. So like my podcast last year in 2020, already batched to 2021 July. So my next interview phase will be in April or May. So if you'd like to be on my show and even for you listeners as well, you'd like to be on my show, please go to For Women Who Love the F Word and apply and uh, approach us. We'll be happy to uh, share more of your stories on uh, our show as well. Yeah. What a great idea. You said you batch sometimes 12 months in advance. Man, that is efficiency. That is awesome. <laughs> we are Asians. <laughs> We want productivity. I mean, I mean, everyone wants it. I'm just joking. It's just, it's just me. It's just me being anal. And because life gets in the way, right? It sure does. My mom, my mom wants to go on the holiday. You know, my mom needs this. My family needs that. I, I can't be everywhere, right? So if the content depends on me, I don't want to be the choke point. So to prevent that is to sit my ass down and then get the things done and go away. Yeah, and then the team can take time to organize and edit and do whatever you need to do. But for me, I I make sure I get my content out. 
Yes. My podcast manager is listening right now, shaking his head aggressively saying, yes, yes. Batching way in advance. Give the team plenty of time to execute. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true. So speaking of productivity, so that's one of the things that we also dig into a lot is the productivity piece. I have productivity digital course, multiply me, and essentially it's how to get more done in less time. Right. And people think it's just about getting through more of the tasks, but it's managing distraction. It's doing the high value things. What are some of the things that you've done batching, obviously being one of them, but what are some of the things that you do now to make sure that you're productive, that you're focusing on the right thing and you're managing your time well? Well, you really need to have your goal post or milestones for the week and for the month and for the quarter and then for the half a year and then for the entire year. <laughs> so I think that's the first structure you need to have. And then the second one, uh, the tools that you use. So we mainly use Asana, WhatsApp, Skype to manage our business. And then we go deeper into are uh, you having weekly meetings and are you getting the reports from your managers to see what's going on? Yeah, all these things are keeping it on track as well. So it's important to have buy-in from your stakeholders and from your members of the team, even on a weekly basis, so that what gets measured gets done. So true. So true. Just by the nature of you measuring it, you're going to do it. Um, even if there's not necessarily a plan to do it, but the second you start measuring something, it's amazing how well it starts to happen for the team. No, that's great. You know, just understanding the productivity, you've obviously got a lot of plate spending. So how do you manage all of that? And that was, uh, that's real insightful. Let me ask you this, if kind of in a different vein, if you could tell the world one thing, what would that be? Be yourself and show up because you have a diamond that is within you and you deserve to shine. Go from stuck to unstoppable without changing who you are, even if no one believes in you or stand by you. Make it happen today. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love it. I love it. Let me, well, actually I've got, I've got another question for you, but before I do that, we're going to put it in the show notes, but where is the best place for people to find you? Well, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Genesha Alora, G-E-N-E-C-I-A-A-L-L-U-O-R-A, Genesha Alora. Or you can find me on my website, soulrichwoman.com, where I have two free gifts for you. Number one, Secrets of Personal Branding, a book that I've written and is downloadable because I really want to help people to pivot in their personal branding from offline to online, and that is available. And the second book is, how do you delegate 80% of your to-do list to your assistant so that you can function in your zone of genius and make money online? So that's available on my website as well at soulrichwoman.com. Oh my gosh. I love that topic. That is, I'm going to have to download that as well. I love that topic and I'm a huge fan of that as well. Keeping in our zone of genius in fact, I think we just had the creator of Zone of Genius on not too long ago. Um, I love that concept because it's so easy for us to get pulled into all the things that we could do instead of just focusing on all the things that we should do and getting everything else off of our plate. I love, love, love that topic. So for our final question, what's next for you? What's on the horizon for you? Well, I think the next phase will be still continue to work on Solid Truman 
and I would like to grow an extension of the business, which is government funded kind of piece. When here, if you're a Singaporean, well, if you live in Singapore and you're a Singaporean, you're a Singapore citizen, government gives you money to study. So we want to equip the 100,000 Singaporeans to get into podcasting, to get into live streaming and to get started on their online courses. So then with the help, especially during this situation, this pandemic, uh, definitely is something that uh, we are working on and we are doing right now. So our programs are $500. So it's subsidized by the government and we can help people to pivot online easily because we have been in online space since 2013. And for us to help them is a legit way to glow up. Yeah. Gosh, that is going to be powerful. The way that you're going to impact the people of Singapore is pretty profound. That is a great idea. Yeah. So it's it's quite interesting to go already international and then I've never really in Singapore because I've been traveling pre-COVID and I was always traveling in Southeast Asia, right? Three weeks in Vietnam, three weeks in Cambodia, three weeks in Malaysia, three weeks in Indonesia, and then one week I'll be back in Singapore. And when I look at this entire landscape to move internationally with clients now all around the world and buying our digital products and then to moving back localized, I will say it's quite an interesting experience in the sense that how are you localizing back certain content and helping quite a different group of people who wish to go online as well? Because these groups are this group are pivoting. So my conclusion is this: always love your customers more than you love your product. Only with that in mind that you will not create something that you think you want to sell to a customer, but rather be able to Look into your audience first and then tweaking or creating their product or services that's built around them and focus on the one thing and one thing only. That is gold. I love this. I'm writing this down. Always love your customers more than you love your product. That is so good. And again, it kind of brings us back to, well, why are we in this business? It's for them. It's for the customers and the things that we can do for them, the products, the services that we can provide them that make their lives better, make their businesses better. And it's really got to start with staying in love with your customers and giving them exactly what they need. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good point. This has been an insightful interview. I loved your backstory. I appreciate that you show up and you shared with us kind of where the beginning started and then to see where you are today. And that transition from this young gal that was getting bullied to this woman that has been on major stages, won massive beauty competitions. I mean, it's just un unbelievable. So I appreciate you sharing this story and also the insights of growing this business, scaling the business so fast, so aggressively. And then some of the productivity tools that you shared with us too. I know that our listeners are going to go and be executing on them. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on your show. More power to you. Thank you. Thank you. 
She had quite a journey from being bullied in the schoolyard to stepping on stage at a world beauty pageant. And one of the things that struck out about her story was how she had experienced SARS, SARS in Southeast Asia. This was a really pivotal moment for her and deciding that she was going to step away from her career, that she was leaving the healthcare field altogether, despite having a degree in it, despite spending all this time to work in that field. I can't imagine what a tumultuous period that was for her, but yet... This needed to happen for her to get to where she was today. Now, at the time that she was going through it, no doubt, growth is painful, no doubt when she went through it. And I asked her, hey, did people support you? Did people think you were crazy? Yeah, they thought she was crazy. She already had a great career. But that needed to happen to get her to where she is today. Thinking about being bullied in school, that had to happen for her to create the network that she has today. So much of her story was around, hey, I met this person, I had this mentor, I had this team of people, I had friends that really pushed me to the next level. Her friend signed her up for Miss Singapore. Those pivotal moments in her life that hurt at the time really are what shaped her so that she could live this amazing life that she's got now. So, you know, I guess she really did turn her mess into her message. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.